Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Tom Carr's Patriots Talk podcast. It's the post-game pod. Patriots lose to Seattle 35-30 in yet another epic, and I didn't see it coming at all, Phil. You? I thought this one would be close. I did not see this many points being scored, Tom. And so my slant when it comes to this game is that I think Patriots fans should actually be a little bit pleased by this loss. And the only reason I say that, I'll give you two reasons. Number one, this Patriots secondary isn't going to get beat like that again by any other quarterback in the league, unless Patrick Mahomes does it to him in week four. But that's number one. Not many quarterbacks like Russell Wilson. Number two, it looks like Cam Newton can sling it a little bit. And I think people were worried about that leaving week one. Week two, I think some questions. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast answer as far as that goes yeah my slant on this one uh folks is is very simple there are things that happen tonight that make me understand that the patriots are way ahead of schedule i didn't think if they were going to start to gel as a team it might not happen until columbus day maybe even when the pumpkins are out for halloween if at all i had this team at eight and eight but what we've seen so far are things that cam newton can do with this offense that quite frankly tom brady is not equipped to do And I wrote earlier on Sunday, Phil, about, look, we don't have to put everything through the filter of what does it mean relative to Brady. But when you look at an array of offensive players with Edelman, Demir Bird, um, Nikhil Harry, and the running backs, there is something that Cam Newton's able to get out of them because he is a threat with his feet and his legs and can extend plays that makes them more potent. Not a slight on Brady. I don't think Cam Newton could have done with those players, what Brady did at different junctures in his career. But when you see Nikhil Harry with 12 targets, eight catches, uh, 72, excuse me, six and 72, I think it was eight catches for Bird in 72, might have those flipped, 179 yards for Edelman, including a a late pass interference or at least a a flag drawn. Um, It's inescapable. This team is way, way, way ahead of a schedule that I didn't even have them on, one, And two, Cam Newton is the right guy at the right time to wring a lot out of them. Yeah, aren't they ahead of schedule because of Cam Newton? I mean, it it does come back to the quarterback time again. And I think you use the word inescapable, I think is totally apt because today we saw an ability to extend plays that I didn't know was there because I knew he was athletic. I knew he was mobile. But Tom, we've talked about this. He generally, when he uses his athleticism, is using it to run, to create yards. And he did that a couple times in scramble drill situations where he ran on non-designed keeper plays. But how many times did we see him avoid the first hit, avoid a sack, and maybe erase what would have been a second and 15 or a third and 12, and he turns it into a first down? Or even if he just throws it away, that's still a positive Mm -hmm. play. 
And I wasn't sure how often we would see that. We saw it about a half dozen times tonight. I think that's a, that's a very, very positive sign for this offense. Yeah, the escapability, I thought, and I noted it on Twitter because it just, when you start looking back, there are little plays that happen within the course of a drive that lead to other ones. And his stiff arming, it might have been Jamal Adams. I'm not sure. It was a second and seven at the 49. He was about to be dropped for about a 12, excuse me, about a five yard loss. Would have brought up a third and 12. Stiff arm moved out, threw it into the stands. And then on the next play, I think he got 14 yards to Demir Bird. And that ended up being a touchdown drive for the Patriots. Those plays that happen in the middle of drives are, are fascinating to me. Now, when we look at the sustainability, again, he is, to me, Phil, operating at close to 100% of Cam Newton. And we can look at historic Cam and see that he threw for more yards than he has since, I think, 2011. Did you tweet that, Phil? I did not, but I believe that's the case. Um... He had a 400-yard game, I believe, in one of his first games as a, as a rookie. And he's run for more yards, um, 47 tonight, 75 last week than he had at any time in the last five or six years. So he is, contrary to my belief, when I thought there might be a giant fork sticking out of his back, so far from being done. Um, what do we take from this going forward in terms of sustainability? Is he that close to a turned ankle? You know what? Scratch all that. I'm not going down that road. Why spend time after a 35-30 epic wondering about what might limit Kim Newton? Let's get the hell off of that, Phil, and instead go to the final play. Any issues with it? Um, really, no. I, I, I've already gone back and forth with a couple people on Twitter about the final play. Listen, that play, that look – where you have the two extra offensive linemen, you have the fullback out there. Kim Newton is essentially the running back taking the direct snap. We saw it work twice in week one. We saw it work two or three times before they tried to run it on the final play in week two. And we just got off the horn with Cam Newton and I asked him about it because he mentioned something off the top of his press conference where he said, I wish I could have done more. I could have bounced it outside. But he also said something to the effect of we might have gone to the well one too many times with that play. And so I followed mm -hmm. up with him on that. And he really, instead of blaming Josh McDaniels as the play caller, hey, Josh, we can't keep going to that. I mean, eventually they're going to figure this out. He didn't say that. He said, it's on me to make everyone else right. And he might be including the play caller there. He might be including his offensive lineman, the tight end, the fullback, who were sort of at the point of attack on that play, Tom. But it's clear to me that he felt like he could have done a little bit more. I might've thrown it there because mm -hmm. Jakob Johnson was so wide open and maybe put pressure on the Seattle Seahawks to be ready for that kind of, I don't know, that might be a little bit too cute in that situation. You got maybe, maybe the best goal line runner of all time might be too cute to take it out of his hands there. Yeah. I think that's the hardest thing about it. You've earned your way to have this opportunity to win the game. What do you do with that? hundred dollars you just found on the sidewalk do you run into the casino and put it on red and see if you can make it 200 or do you do something conservative you know and, and figure a way to try and grow that money and that's i mean stupid metaphor but that to me is look if you're josh mcdaniels and you saw Jakob johnson who by the way this is a small note the arc of improvement for this guy is absurd the way he carried out the fake on jamal adams and then leaked into the end zone and caught the touchdown pass was outstanding but I would have had no problem had they thrown it. But if they threw it and it glanced off Ryan Izzo's hands, 
incomplete, then the roasting that would have ensued justifiably. I got Cam Newton. He's a force of nature. What are you doing with throwing it to Ryan Izzo? Well, that might have been an even more palatable um, result than what I was envisioning. I'm sitting here in front of my TV saying, they're going to throw to a lineman here, aren't they? They're going to throw to a lineman. He's going to throw to a lineman. He's going to do it. This is going to be it. Nope. He ends up running it. And it was. Of the options that they have, it's probably the most conservative. It's probably the safest. This is going to be a team, though, Tom, that I think at some stretches and at different points of the season, especially against good teams, they're going to have to get really unconventional. They're going to have to go for it on fourth down when they wouldn't normally. They're going to have to throw to an offensive lineman when people you know, would say that otherwise that that's a stupid thing to do. But I think they're going to have to, to take – some risks. They certainly took their fair share tonight, and they kept it close against a pretty good team. But um, I, I guess all in all, I'm not going to kill Josh McDaniels for that call. It's too, it, it made too much sense at the time. And it really it, – that look hadn't been stopped in two games to that point. So hard to argue. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't take him to task either. I think it is a decision made by a coach and a team with a quarterback – who they think they're on a level playing field with the opponent. And that speaks to where the Patriots are after two weeks. You know, if you think you have to mask a deficiency and do something with some kind of a wrinkle, that oftentimes is a team saying, look, we can't, like, take the latter half of the 2019 season, for instance. How many gadget plays did the Patriots have to draw up because they couldn't fight a fair fight? No disrespect. But in this instance, they said, we can fight a fair fight here with our best player. And it's astounding to me and it's to, to, again, look at a guy who showed up June 28th and he is your best player. Speaking of best players, though, Phil, should Julian Edelman have caught the throw from Josh, Josh, from Cam Newton um, just prior? Um, I think it was you get Josh Allen on the mind? No, I had McDaniels and he, oh, I mean, I'm sure okay. he had a wing at some point, but not now. Should that have been pulled in? I kind of think it – I'm guessing that Julian is sick to his stomach about it, but it's thing was smoking. I think so. I think it should have been, although Julian Edelman also landed on his – the top of his skull about a half yeah, a dozen times. Yeah. Why does he continue to do – I don't know if it's on him. He's obviously being tackled when this happens, but it feels like that's his default fall to the ground position these days is to tuck his head and tuck. Yeah. Why? Turns himself into a human lawn dart. No one knows. <laughs> I mean, it's. I, I did. I thought he should have had it. It hit his hands. I know he had to leap for it. He had a tremendous game. There, that connection, and the fact that they connected so many times down the field, Tom, really stood out to me. It, for Cam Newton to be as accurate as he was, I felt like the arm strength was there through the summer. We hadn't seen that kind of accuracy until tonight. And so, again, that's another, that's another reason why I say off the top, if you're a Patriots fan, you're looking at this game, you wish they'd won it on the final possession. I think big picture, you look at this and say, we've got a well-rounded quarterback. We have an offense that looks like it can actually throw a little bit. We're going to be all right. And I think they are going to be all right. Want to try and put some organization into the post-game pod because, quite frankly, folks, when a game ends, it's kind of a, just, it's, it's, there's just stuff flying past. Was that it? Did you just try to call a 20, Phil? Nope. Okay, for you guys who are on, a, on the audio version. I was just so encouraging just, you to, to – I was encouraging you with the, the structure. I was saying I like that. Okay, so best like and that. worst to me is what I wanted to jump into next. And um, 
best I will say to me is the exploitation of wide receiver talent by Cam Newton. Worst would be, this is one of them, going back to the well a little too often on the backside throw to Demir Bird. Yeah, the interception. The yeah. interception. Dunbar there. almost had one other time as well. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah, it should have been picked. Um, was picked. That was a bad throw. That was really one of his. How many inaccurate throws do you feel like he had today, Tom? He definitely had those um, two that you just mentioned. He threw near the goal line to Edelman on a ball that was behind Edelman. That I think people look at and say, "Why didn't you catch that?" that was a that was not a good throw. Uh, earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. Um. Outside of those three, I'm not sure. There was one that wild there. one to the sideline, which wasn't a big deal, but it was a little wild. You're right. Yeah, line. the feet were kind of all over the place. Uh, it looked rushed. It, that was a very weird throw. But, I mean, that that's four throws that we can think of um, on a night where they asked him to throw a lot because the running game did nothing. And this is where I was totally wrong. So, here we go. My my best is, is Cam Newton's accuracy. I mean, we – you mentioned the exploitation of rookie receivers. The fourth down throw to Keel Harry early where somehow he held on to that. The throw short to Jacoby Myers was really accurate. Already mentioned the deep balls to Julian Edelman. So the accuracy for me has to be the, the, the best. Worst is that running game. What happened to that running game? Is it just that the Seahawks stacked the box and said, you're going to have to beat us other ways? I guess, because I don't think the offensive line is that bad that the running backs, Tom, averaged fewer than two yards per carry. That's atrocious. You can't have it if this is going to be your offense. So that's, that was the worst for me. The running game gave you nothing. Sony Michelle was basically, it looked like benched by the end of the game. Yeah, and I wonder if that had to do with what Josh McDaniel spoke about earlier in the week. It's the difference between a, a one-gapping defensive line and a two-gapping defensive line. They're going to get upfield. They're going to get penetration. And also the look that the Seattle Seahawks got from the Miami game to say, oh, shit, he can run okay, well, let's just make him beat us over the top, which is ultimately what he was able to do. And again, you didn't see a lot of 50-yard completions last year. Um, you saw plenty of laser throws from Brady for completions into, into traffic, but that over-the-top completion to Julian Edelman was uh, accurate in, in a way that we haven't seen a lot of accurate downfield throws. Flip it over to the other side for a defensive best and worst Um, Best to me was persistent pressure generated by the front, even though it didn't get home, even though you're dealing with a salamander back there. Um, Persistent pressure from the front is the best, but the worst, I think, was another exploitation. And this was the exploitation, I thought, Phil, of some of the guys who are now coming into this defense because of free agency and opt-outs who are in prime roles. You see Adrian Phillips get beat off the line by Chris Carson for a touchdown. J.C. Jackson got caught up in the wash. And that was great play design, too, as I'm sure you were watching. Chris Collinsworth pointed that out with Tyler Lockett in the back backfield. But, you know, they let up 35 points. And that, those were 35 earned points by the Seattle Seahawks. They were earned, but, Tom, Someone that guy is a wizard. He's a freaking wizard. Like, so, those three touchdown throws – we're all insane throws and Adrian Phillips got beat clearly got beat. That's always hard when a running back is running vertical up the field. You're just never expecting that. Remember Kareem hunted that a few years ago for Kansas city here. Yes. It's just very hard for anybody safety linebacker to, to stay with those guys, but it's a hard throw to make too. He makes it look easy as he's getting drilled. 
the throw to Metcalf, he's getting drilled. The other t- the um, the more he gets hit on all three of those passes, I believe. He is amazing. I hesitate to say he's the best quarterback in football because Patrick Mahomes is still alive and walking the earth. But I don't know what else you do. Like, Stephon Gilmore got beat, but the throw was a little bit behind, so he ends up still being in the play, and yet it, the guy that gets, you know, makes the reception on the other end is the Hulk. And I, I hesitate to kill the secondary because some of those plays were so – they were so rare. They're mm-hmm. just – they were. I mean, the Jason McCourty touchdown allowed both of them. Um, look, when Cam Newton can salamander around, excuse me, Russell Wilson can salamander around, and I really like that. I'm happy about coming up with that. Yeah, why was salamander the choice? That's a that's a random one, it feels like. Because they'll low to the ground, and once he starts to scramble, he gets a little bit low, and then they have the hands and legs on the sides, and they move around like that right. really right. quick, and they back and forth. And mm. I think that that's what Wilson does. He, like, he used John Simon who's a pretty talented athlete. He hit behind a pick there for one scramble. And yep. it's, he's, he's a salamander. So he salamandered around for the first reception to lock it, I believe it was, for the touchdown on Jason McCourty. Can't hold McCourty to blame so much when it's 3.5 seconds. And then on the throw to Moore, um, yeah, I mean, he's on the scene and he didn't make the play. But I think that that's one that they're going to look at in film and say, shit, well, Jason, try and come up with that, right? Next Gen Stats had that, I believe, as a 6% likelihood of being completed based on where the ball was placed near the sideline and how close the coverage was. And it's like one of the least likely completions in the NFL the last three years. What do you do? You throw your hands up. Is it good on you, Russell? And then when you go with Wilson, though, it's 6% for the league. But with Russell Wilson, it's probably 18 to 22%. Yeah, you might be right because that's just who he is. That's, those are the kinds of throws he makes. The best for me, it's hard to come up with the best. You, you gave up 35 points. Those are explosive plays. you got to finish through the, through the catch on those if you're, if you're Gilmore especially. Like that, his hand was in the breadbasket. Mm-hmm. You have to do some, something else. Um, so I, I'm going to go Chase Winovich just because it felt like he was in the backfield a lot. Two good games in a row for him. That's big for them. He's going to be a, a full-time, it looks like, edge defender for them. Worst for me, I'm going to go with the rest of the front, though, Tom, because there were so many moments where if they had just been able to, and I understand this is easier said than done, keep their rush lane integrity somewhat and not allow him to scramble up and run for first downs. I mean, they extended a, a handful of drives with those types of plays. The first touchdown I believe he threw was on a scramble drill type of throw. Incredibly hard. I get it. Really difficult ask for Lawrence Guy and Byron Coward and all these guys to just kind of hold their ground and not let him go side to side and then up. But that's what killed them to me, um, especially early in the game. He made plays from the pocket too, but those outside of structure plays are the ones you had to really eliminate, and they didn't do a great job of that. All right, quick next segment is uh, that's not okay. Phil, I got a couple for you. Uh, that's not okay to have the tight ends really lacking in terms of contributions in the passing game. And yes, Ryan Izzo made a catch. But there is going to be a point at which, as the season builds and goes along, and they've already made more out of the wide receiver situation than we saw last week by leaps and bounds, 
Tight ends have to surface. Is it going to be Ryan Izzo? Is it going to be Dalton Keene? Will it be Devin Asiasi? Who I'm not even sure was, was active tonight, either of those characters. Um, Keene was not. Asiasi was. He, he played a little bit, but I think he was mostly used as a blocker. Yeah, it's going to have to be a component um, of, their, of their offense at some point where the, the tight end can be featured. So that's not okay, if you ask me. I'm getting worried that we may not see Asiasi make a catch until after the bye week or something. Like, is it is it that much to pick up early in your first season as a pro? That it didn't dawn on Gronk until week whatever it was ten against Cleveland um, after a humiliating loss. Excuse me, uh, in Pittsburgh after a bad loss in Cleveland. So that was in 2010. But it took Gronk several weeks, and he Gronk figured into prominently that was the Peyton Hillis beatdown game. Right. Um, and Gronk like had a onside kick bounce off his head and some other foolishness. And then after that, he was a Hall of Fame level player. It's going to be a tough look for me as a Devin Asiasi truther um, when he has like three catches through nine weeks this season. But that's okay. We'll survive. I feel good about my Jakob Johnson, by the way. Um, you should. You should. That guy's a player. My that's not okay was, and I like your angle. Mine is a little more obvious. Quandre Diggs. What are you doing? It's 2020, man. This isn't this isn't the you know late 70s NFL anymore, where that stuff is is not only legal but encouraged. Can't have that, it. That was an optic. Should he be, have been ejected? Because I think that's an optics ejection. Optics? How? I mean, isn't that optics. the definition of the the rule? There has to be some intent there. I don't think there was intent. I think that was so bang bang and Nikhil Harry. Yes, he was just doing his business, but he wasn't running upright. And how do you judge intent on that? Is there is there an intent clause in the in the rule book? Yes, there is. How do you judge no, that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I lied. <laughs> I don't know if there is. Uh, but I mean, intent was that shit play by Danny Trevathan a few years ago when when he lined up whoever it was who was struggling for more yards. Yeah, when you when. When my former bald spot is going directly at the player's head, thank you, Dr. Lennon and Dr. Lepresti, um, that means that I'm intending to do this. If, if Ryan Perry, you see him coming across the living room with his head bent over and he's about to get you in the belly, you see that coming. He intended to do that. I don't right. think the Quandre Diggs intended to go squash to squash. It was too late for him to redirect. 15 yards, 100%. But I think that that was there's a nothing else you can do about it at that juncture aspect think, that makes me say this is not the college targeting stuff. I, I sympathize with defenders to a great extent when it comes to some of this stuff, because it is so fast. And especially if the offensive player is moving his head, I just feel like you've got to be good at getting yourself out of those situations. I mean, Devin McCourty has been playing safety for 20 years. It feels like, and, has he had one helmet to helmet hit like in his career? I, I think, I think there are just guys that understand well before the play develops. Mm -hmm. I got to go way low here with my shoulder as my butt. And it's hard to do, but um, he was not, he was not close to getting out of himself out of that situation. I mean, the hard part of it is you have to stay upright in case you're going to have a chance to catch the ball. And then when you realize that you're not going to have a chance to catch the ball, you turn into the defender, but uh, that was not okay. Um, not okay. Good on Nikhil Harry for holding on to that. I thought this was a a uh, a positive step for him in terms of 
a toughness kind of game. And it wasn't just that moment. It felt like he leaned into contact a little bit more in a couple. He's still having a hard time breaking tackles in the open field, Yes, which surprises me. But at least he was welcoming it on other occasions, as opposed to week one where he was on his back after running into a 180-pound corner. I still contend that that was he was a victim of circumstance, and he just hasn't played enough NFL football yet to realize that even if he is 5'10", 185, if you slow down, he's going to hit you like they don't hit in the Pac-12. And that's kind of what happened over there. So I, I, I give him a break. But this is, to me, Nikhil Harry has merely set himself up, and we'll see if at 22, this is starting to be something that, that he develops, is, okay, that was awesome. We also lost, and now I have to be at practice all week, show up, be a participant, get ready to play the Las Vegas Raiders, and then have another game when they can throw it to me 10 times and I'll catch six for 61 yards and a touchdown or they can hit me on a jet sweep or it just he has to follow this up now in my estimation so last week was not a great week four catches on one drive otherwise not that great in the fumble now this week was a good week can he stack another one the question isn't about potential with this guy that's why I'm never going to say he's a bust because it's in there it wasn't a bad pick it's only bad if he cannot summon the consistency he has to be consistent. I, I, I do have some questions about the potential, honestly, Tom. I, I just holy shit. How? Do, I feel like breaking tackles is a um, almost like an innate skill. Mm-hmm. You can do it or you can't, and he's having trouble getting around the first guy, and so that's what I would worry about because that's what he was good at in college. That I was his thing. Coached, have they coached that out of him? and said, look, you catch the ball, Nikhil, you square your shoulders to the goal line and just go. We don't need you dancing around. You're not Troy Brown, so go. So, I mean, he's probably had so much friggin' coaching in the last 16 Maybe. months that he forgot. Yep. That, so he doesn't know whether to poop or go blind. All right, Phil, uh, we want to keep these tight. We want to keep these edible and digestible for everybody. Um, before we get to the game balls, anything else you want to hit? Um, no, let's, I, I'm, I'm ready to go. All right. So let's hit it with the game balls. So you hand them to buddy. How many do I get? I'm always confused on this. You get an offensive, a defensive. You also get a coaching staff. And if there was a valuable fan out there or a Twitter person, you can give it to them. Wow. Wow. And that's, that's fine. A, just got complicated. We are, we are rolling in game balls. I love that. Um, offensive game ball. <clears throat> it has to go to Cam Newton to me. He is their offense, and he showed me something that I wasn't sure he would be able to show me, certainly not this early in the game, which was not just the velocity, not just the ability to get it down the field. It was the accuracy. He was much more accurate than I thought we would see from him. So he's my offensive game ball. Defensive game ball goes to the Vich, Chase Winovich. And I'm going to give a game ball to uh, Jake Bailey, who checked in not only with a 57-yard punt, but also a tackle. Might have saved mm. a, a very uh, long, explosive return. Uh, it already was pretty long, but he saved it from being another 15, 20 yards longer. So good on you, Jake. I'm only going to slide one game ball out there, Phil, and I, I appreciate the game ball that you gave to Cam Newton. I would echo that, but I'll also give one uh, to Julian Edelman. Can't give it to any of the running backs. Um, really can't give it to the offensive line. It has to go to Julian Edelman, who 
it's interesting. So much has been said that diminishes what kind of a player he is because a couple of reasons. One, he's regarded as a system guy and just a, the last iteration of um, Welker or Troy Brown or whoever. And also, I think that there's so much Patriots fatigue out there that when Julian Edelman has a particularly solid game on a national stage, there's, uh, here we go with the New England fans talking about Jules. And unfortunately, that backlash has overshadowed how friggin' good he is. I mean, he hasn't been in the NFL's top 100 players. You bring up the fact that he's the most potent playoff wide receiver outside, I believe, of Michael Irv, excuse me, Jerry Rice, um, and it's dismissed. This was interesting to see him perform at the level he did on Sunday night with an entirely different quarterback and kind of announce himself at the age of 34 to have to announce himself still as he's not just Tom's terrier. I agree wholeheartedly with the sentiment. I, I, I agree with you too. I think he's going to be killing himself about that pass at the very end of the game, which Cam Newton took some blame for as well in his press conference tonight. He wanted that one back. He said that was one of a couple he wanted back, but uh, I just hope he can get through the season, Tom. He is, Every time he hits the ground, it feels like it's an event. And um, I don't know how many of those he can continue to take. We're only week two here, and it feels like he's already beat up. Yep, already been lawn darted. Um, before we get you folks out of here, Phil, give me a couple of storylines you're going to be looking for as the Patriots lead into their game next week. The one-on-one Patriots lead into a game at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, the Vegas Raiders, I mean, the, the secondary's got to have a bounce-back day. I mean, I, I know Russell Wilson made some magic throws, but Jonathan Jones has to be good. Stephon Gilmore has to be better. The Raiders do have a young, physically gifted receiving core that includes a very good tight end um, in Waller over there. So uh, I think that's going to be the storyline this week is because I don't think the Raiders' defense is very good. Can the defensive backfield bounce back? And I think they will. I think we know they're pretty good. And I, that's why I, I almost – I put that to the side. I put the yeah, Russell they, Wilson they magic Russell to the Wilson. side for this week. They got salamandered. They got salamandered. And you just shrug your – when you get salamandered, you just shrug your shoulders and say, salamander's going to salamander. Do you know if you chop off a salamander's limb, it grows back? Is that right? I, so that's – I guess I confuse – I'm so bad with nature. Salamander and centipede. Centipede's an insect and a salamander is an animal, correct? A reptile. Yeah, which is part of the animal kingdom. Um, My storyline for this week, I think, is going to be uh, the Patriots have now had an occasion where Cam Newton ran and and the team ran the ball 42 times and ran with great effectiveness. And now they have had a situation where, as you can tell, I'm Googling salamander. Um, now they've had an occasion where they had to throw it a little bit more often. Through 44 they, times tonight. Um, folks, this is a salamander. Okay. Look at that guy. So, Slithery. That's a salamander. And I'm going to be putting up salamanders, um, salamander videos all week long in tribute to, uh, there's another one. Different from a gecko? 
much different from a gecko. A gecko is kind of a lizard. A salamander is about that big. Okay, you huh. find them under rock, and when you lift up the rock, you know, they do what, like sometimes they'll get together and go, I was moving like Russell Wilson last night, and all the salamanders will go, oh, I love Russ. Let Russ cook. Um, so that's what the salamanders do. He's big all right, in the everybody. community. Got it. Patriots Got it. 35, 30 losers, but there really were no losers on this particular Sunday night. Enjoy your week.